All right, let's do it. Let's hit the books. Part of the Hammer Betting Network alongside the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Joey Kanish, Zach Phillips, producer extraordinaire behind this amazing channel and this amazing show. I'm merely, I'm merely Blue Horse's bitch for, for week zero. <laughs> Horseshoes bitch, I should say. So uh, I'm Brad Powers. And we will talk, uh, recap the seven games from this past week. And unfortunately, we did on the show go 0-2. Probably should have been 1-1, if not for a quarterback injury that, that took the life out of not only the total, but the side as far as Ohio-San Diego State. Uh, it was, it could have been a lot better, I can tell you that, on week zero. There was a lot to meander through as far as what do we think about the new rules? What do we, uh, you know, is there any major takeaways to, to get from that on an individual game basis, on an individual team basis? Kanish has some conference futures uh, that he took part of that he sent me. And I'm anxious to, to talk a little bit more about this team because I agree with Kanish that I think they've been undervalued. So we'll get to all that and more. But first, let me remind everybody that Hit the Books is brought to you by BetStamp. The easiest way to improve as a sports better is to, is to use multiple sports books and always get the best odds. We recommend using an odds comparison tool like BetStamp. BetStamp compares odds across every sports book for games, futures, player props. You can save time and money by checking BetStamp before you bet. Download the app today. If you are looking to sign up for a new sportsbook account, please check out the offers available at betstamp.app slash hit the books or hit the link in the description. If you sign up through this page, it does help support the show. Kanish, what's happening, man? Uh, you and oh, I were chatting back and forth on Saturday. I, I wish it was on better circumstances. Uh, you know, you wait all off season. You, you hope to hit the ground running with a bunch of wins, and that wasn't the case. What's happening, man? Oh, but you know what? Listen, I, I will say, uh, you know what? The the the, the blue horseshoe in, in all his glory on Fremont after the Navy goes under because they can't can't that new Navy offense uh, look looks uh, a little bit uh, kind of like the old Navy offense, but worse. Uh, um, so yeah, that was uh, that was unfortunate. And then our boy Curtis Rourke gets a little dinged. I thought like when he got hit, I was like, is he knocked out? Is his ACL gone again? Yeah. Apparently, like, oh, the coach comes out and goes, ah, oh, no, he's fine to be playing against Long Island this week. Well, he's playing against Long Island before I could put him back in the game. So you could be could have beat San Diego State. So, yeah, a little bit frustrating week zero. I'm not going to lie to you, Mr. Powers. But, um, hey, we got some. We got plenty to talk about. We got week one on deck. Uh, and uh, excited to get into it. Yeah, let's get into it. We'll start with Ireland, since, since I did have personally a pretty big bet, a little Twitter war with, with Mr. Steve Fezzik on the game on the total. And, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I was pretty confident early on. Notre Dame's marching up and down the field. Navy's running tempo, I think you said, for the first time since World War II. And then they stopped running tempo. They, they used it for one drive, and it was it was working. They got a few first downs, and – they discontinued, discontinued using it. There was a couple missed field goals. That would have put the game over the total. There was a ridiculous, you know, looking for a push late in the game. Uh, there was a ridiculous call on first and goal at the four. Let's run a halfback pass. Uh, oh. And they had to settle for a field goal there. Uh, it, it wasn't the, the, the best way uh, to start off the season. But I will say this. I know it's just Navy, but Notre Dame looked pretty good. And particularly what looked good was Sam Hartman. It makes a hell of a lot of difference. And folks, quarterback makes all the difference in the world in today's day and age of college football, especially when you got a 24 year old that started 45 games, the all time leading passer in the history of the ACC. I mean, he's basically an NFL quarterback. 
not an NFL quarterback like, you know, he's Trevor Lawrence or Patrick Mahomes, but he's a guy that could be, you know, quality NFL backup for the next decade. That's who Notre Dame has a quarterback right now in Sam Hartman. So uh, Irish look good. Navy, not so much. My win total over five and a half, I think, is already in question on Navy. That's how bad they looked. Well, what say you, Kanish? No, I'm with you. I'm like, listen, I don't want to go, you know, go like the all over week zero overreactions here. But uh, I mean, my biggest takeaway is like this Navy team, if they're if the offense is going to look like the, you know, a little bit more like the old offense, they had no team speed whatsoever. And that that's not how people yeah, say, oh, it's a service point. academy. Like there's always usually like at least one explosive player, uh, you know, a, an elite fullback type, a quarterback who can, they had none of that. I mean, there were there were plays where. There, there was opportunity for, you know, 15, 20-yard play, and they're getting five, seven yards. Like, they just had nobody on offense, that, that wide receiver, running back, quarterback that, that I thought could make. So I'm concerned. I'm concerned about the head coach. I'm concerned about the defense. I'm concerned about the lack of any playmaker on offense. So uh, to me, I, I think it's a, you know, kind of an indictment on, on Navy season. I agree with you that uh, and I heard some other, uh, you know, shows like, that eh, they'll be okay. They'll still make a bowl. I don't know. I'm not. That would be. I know they were outgunned, but I'm I'm concerned if I'm, if I'm uh, you know if I'm I'm, I'm a midi uh, going into that one. And as you said, I mean we talked about it all last year. The Notre Dame quarterback position didn't like any of their options. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. It 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 it, it makes their ceiling like there's games this year. I mean obviously they play a tough schedule, but last year I don't think they had any shot to beat a USC and Ohio State, a Clemson teams that are on the schedule this year. Sam Hartman gives them that opportunity, um, and I just I think the ceiling is a lot higher than uh, than you know what I even thought you know going into the season for a team that that, that like they got a guy now they got a you know a an elite level college quarterback I think that can make all the difference. So I'm gonna touch on a few things. I can't agree more on as far as Navy's like slot backs. Usually they have a guy when you get that pitch to the outside, he's capable. I mean it's like ten yards in a heartbeat. Didn't have that guy. You mentioned there were some opportunities to be had, just weren't yeah. there. They didn't hit any explosive pass plays. If you're going to go with Lavatai at quarterback, you would hope that he could throw it a little bit. <laughs> didn't even attempt it, really. That's, that uh, was to the, be honest, like, even on the designed you. pass plays that were open, the, the like the passes he threw were like like a yeah. high school quarterback throwing. Like it was like, what if, if this guy's going to be our passing quarterback? He can't pass, so he no, can't run the ball. Why is he playing? So many plays. I mean, their first series they had on fourth down, the two guys run into each other with cue the Benny Hill music. I mean, they, they <laughs> defended themselves on the pass play. That would have been a first down at the 10 yard line. I missed opportunity. I'll, I'll put it that way. Uh, yeah. I think Notre Dame ceiling probably is definitely higher with Sam Hartman. We're not going to know really. I, I think next week at NC state's a pretty good test. Uh, we'll see what Notre Dame looks like uh, next week. This week, Tennessee State uh, in an FCS school, we won't find out anything more about Notre Dame. Uh, let's talk. Uh, let's start diving in to, to some week one matchups with some teams that played last week. Let's talk Hawaii because you mentioned to me before the show you liked Hawaii enough that you thought there was some mispricing in the conference futures market, Let, specific to Latin, to Saturday's game. I mean, you go, re, re go through the box score, you rewatch the game. Hawaii's a 17-point underdog could easily won that game outright against Vanderbilt. Uh, outgained Vanderbilt by about 100 yards, minus two in turnovers. They had two scoreless trips in the red zone, including they had a first and goal inside the one-yard line, ended up in zero points. Uh, Vandy had a 97-yard kick return touchdown in the game. 
Uh, Hawaii looks much improved. I know a lot of people, and, you know, deservedly so get on me for talking about bets I made in May. Last week, and as in last week, I mean like last Wednesday or Thursday, I bet Hawaii's win total over three and a half. I couldn't believe it was still sitting there. This is a team that was mispriced at the end of last season. Looks like it's going to be mispriced at least at the start of this season. Uh, and Timmy Chang knows the point spread. He went on one show. He knew the exact point spread of the Vanderbilt game, and he knew his exact team win total. He's paying attention. I like that <laughs> in today's day and age. Let's say you can niche about Hawaii. I, obviously, we're buying here. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I like that. I you know. So we thought the offense, the run and shoot, the year two Schrager and all that would look better, and it did. The deep less. It's either it's a, either, probably a combo somewhere in the middle. But if I'm Vandy, my O line like Hawaii. I think they had like three, four sacks, seven tackles for loss or something. They couldn't run the ball at all on Hawaii. Um, and so to me, I mean, you're looking at. I agree. Like Timmy Chang, what he's doing there. And this is a team, we talked about, uh, you know, what are the conferences where we think there could be some long shot future potential. Conference USA is one. Most people didn't yep. agree. You know, we respect a lot of the teams there. The Mountain West, I'll tell you what, Mountain West futures, they uh, Hawaii was priced, and they're still priced somewhere like New Mexico. Let me tell you something. They are a lot better than, uh, than you know, I think going into the season. They played Vandy basically in a box score. Even maybe you could argue outplayed them a little bit. Yep. There's some 125 to 1, 150 to 1 still out there. Circa reposted 35 today. And I think 35 is a lot closer to fair uh, than, I mean, you're seeing Bet Rivers 150 to 1. I'm listening. I'm not telling you it, it, it's going to the window. It's probably a value, but this team should not be 150 to 1 to meet the They don't play Boise, they don't play Fresno. They look a lot better on defense than we thought. Uh, and we said the run and shoot year two. Looks like like and again, you said it, Timmy Chang. Hey, I love that he's paying. I love that he's using all the things that get his team motivated. So yep. I think they're a lot better. Um, that, and then even you know, we had a small upgrade for them going into the season. Think they might even be a lot better than that. Um, and if you got access to that 151 out there for the Mountain West, absolutely worth a sprinkle. Couldn't agree more on that one. I, I think this is a bowl caliber team. Uh, and if you're telling me in that conference where there's not much disparity uh, in, in that middle tier. Uh, I don't disagree, Kanish, on that one. Let's talk quickly because you and I mentioned this. We mentioned it multiple times throughout the you know later part since we started doing redoing the weekly shows in August. We said, pay attention to the Hawaii Vanderbilt game. If there's something off, disparate from that point spread in that game, you're going to see a big difference in the Hawaii Stanford Week One point spread. Lo and behold, that's the case here. Now we have Stanford down to a three and a half point favorite against Hawaii. I know a lot of people are going to say, oh, Hawaii money line, they're live. I don't like their spot here, to be honest with you, Kanish, not at this price. <laughs> you, you could have been in, obviously, at much different prices, 10 and a half, 10, 9 and a half, 7 and a half, 3 and a half. No, because keep in mind, Vandy game's delayed, gets, <laughs> gets over late. They got a late plane ride back, and they got a short week this week. I mean, they're playing on a Friday, so I don't like the – and obviously that was a very competitive, close physical game. I, I don't like their spot here. I, I mean, how do I, you know, price that? Uh, I, I mean, I don't know, but it, it's a point or so, I think. Maybe, it's a bad situational spot for Hawaii. And I'll say this multiple times. I've done the research the last couple of years. Last 20-plus years, 200-plus game sample size, it's better to have film on your opponent than it is to actually play a game. 
Uh, you're, you're talking the teams that have actually played a game in week one uh, and have that game under their belt advantage are 45% against the spread. 200-plus game sample size, 20-plus years. So uh, gets to three, I'm, I'm laying it with Stanford. What say you? Yeah, you know what? I think a lot of you – know, obviously, uh, we know Hawaii look good. They're coming on there. But – I'm, you know what? I wasn't as as low on Stanford. I love the coach that that Stanford hired and that brought. Now again, I think they're they're obviously they got a lot of roster transition. Um, but I'm telling you, this seems to be a little bit too much of an overreaction here. Uh, I mean, of a game that was you know open 10, 10 and a half, then down to a touchdown. I mean, we were saying like kind of stop by anything of like under a touchdown, and now when we're getting to like three and a half. Um, Seems to be uh, a touch aggressive there in terms of a, unless Stanford is really down. I mean, unless we're talking yeah. about like they're they're taking a uh, you know a year zero here where it's going to be like you know and I know the real season, regular season win total got hit under a lot of people you know significant downgrade, but this would have to be like a level further you know three four five points worse than than almost anybody had Stanford kind of coming into the year. And I believe I believe in the coaching staff they hired. So I don't think it's going to be that bad. Um, so, yeah, at, at this number, it could only be uh, a Stanford play for me. But I'm not sure. I know, you know, I know, we, I know Hawaii is going to look better than uh, than than we anticipated. Um, I, I guess it's a little un- uncertain here with Stanford, but I, I totally agree. I mean, I would never play Hawaii at this number anymore. Agree. Uh, let's wait, though. I know a couple guys in, in the chat. Uh, Richard Jacobson, should we try the middle? Not yet. Let's wait and see if it goes to three. There's still going to be nothing but optimism coming from Hawaii's camp all week long. What we'll see uh, if we can get a three. I will play Stanford back at three. That, that's me. And you're talking to a guy that's got Hawaii already in pocket. Uh, let, let's move to a couple other games. Let's talk about the whole uh, stay in the Mountain West. San Diego State, uh, a team in the Mountain West. I wasn't that impressed. They won and covered. And major reason why they won and covered, quite simply, Ohio's starting quarterback, Curtis Work, went down. We're talking about the MAC preseason offensive player of the year. The backup has experience, but he throws three interceptions. He just doesn't have the timing. He's missing guys wide open. Uh, Ohio controls the box score. Still could have, you know, made it a game there. Missed field goals, missed opportunities. Uh, that was a that was a right side loser. And, and I'm not, you know, here to I'm not always going to say that. Uh, but but that was the case in that one, Kanish. Unfortunate loser for us here. Particularly, I thought that was a good bet by you, especially with it closing uh, too. Yeah, you know what? I mean, I, I was like, I had a, a tweet crafted up, you know, when Curtis Rourke was first out there. I was like, I think he's going to be like a mid-round NFL player. Like, he looked so in control, so good early. Um, and then he goes down. Uh, you thought it was like, oh, my God, is Ohio season out the window? Apparently, you know, he's okay, he's okay but um, yeah. the offense was not okay without him. Um, and then even that, even with C.J. Harris, like, gun to my head, am I taking C.J. Harris over Jalen Maiden? Yeah, yeah, I'd still take their backup over Maiden. Maiden was rough, and I agree with you. There's a number of things. I don't think San Diego State's defense is at the level uh, it's been in past years. They obviously lost a lot of talent off last year's defense. Um the passing game, I mean, Maiden was really erratic. Uh, I know they had a couple of plays, but he's just, just a guy who's like down to down is not going to give you consistent accuracy. Um, and a couple, I mean, Ohio's, it was big, it was turnovers. I mean, th- CJ Harris, three interceptions. Uh, if, if he doesn't make those, I, I still think Ohio's at least covers, uh, if not as able to. Yeah, win our number, there. yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So that, uh, obviously, hey, I mean, it's, it's one of those you just got to, hey, you know, Take it on the chin uh, 
and right off. But yeah, I think we had the right side there. But hey, yeah, the, the Rourke injury was tough. But I agree with you. Like to me, that the biggest takeaway there is San Diego. Don't let the wind fool you. That San Diego State uh, is, I think, trending in the wrong direction as a program, uh, and will be a team we'll look to fade later in the year. Yeah, I don't see. I mean, their running backs looked okay. They got a nice tight end. Uh, nobody at wide out. Don't have a quarterback. And I thought their best defensive player was probably the New Mexico transfer, that Cody Moon kid. Uh, I just, I agree with you. I do think they're trending down. Uh, that's a team. I'm anxious to see how they're priced. Uh, they got UCLA at home in a couple weeks. That'll be an interesting game for them. Uh, CBS night game, primetime. That'll be interesting. Uh, I'll hit a couple things in the chat. Oh, first off, Bob. Uh, in the chat, 200 to 1, you can find on Hawaii. Yeah. I bet 365. How about that? Yeah, if you uh, can bet there, a couple other smaller shots. If you can bet there, uh, 200 to 1 is, uh, yeah, definitely. Right. You can probably cash that out in a week for that bet 365 yeah. for the profits. So, yeah, 200 to 1, worth the click. Uh, Steve in the chat, Brad, concept question, Navy, uh, Notre Dame. Yeah, week Week zero, week one's hard because, I mean, I bet that in May, like three months ago, I took the 21 and a half. Sometimes it's just market anticipation. Is it likely to go from 21 and a half up or is it going to come down, you know, through, you know, relatively, I'm not going to say key, but secondary number in 21. And that was just a market anticipatory move. Shame on me for not, you know, betting back Notre Dame a little bit, even though my power ring is called for it. Uh, Notre Dame's... uh, I wouldn't put too much in it. I'm I'm a little too negative uh, as far as Notre Dame than I should be. I'll put it that way. Uh, that, that that's a that's a a personal flaw for me. Uh, let's get to a couple more in the chat. Uh, let's talk uh, another team that impressed last week. UMass, obviously an outright winner as a seven point underdog against New Mexico State. That was one I happened to get right. Although you know box score a little bit misleading, particularly I mean 48 points in the fourth quarter put that game way over the total. Uh, th- th- that was a little bit of it. New Mexico State, yardage edge, turnovers the issue again, minus three for New Mexico State, including a pick six. But I I, th- I can tell you, rewatching it, man, UMass is – I would not be a bit surprised. UMass, I'm not going to say bowl team, but they're going to – this is a 3-4 win team this year because of transfers. They have yeah. some talented guys. Puma Child – Chana at quarterbacks an athlete, man, almost a hundred yards uh, rushing. They, they, I liked the, I thought their offensive play calling was good. The, the way they used that uh, number eight, the wide receiver on some jet sweeps and whatnot. Uh, the, the running back 15 Adams can make some plays. They got some dudes at defensive end. They're two defensive tackles are 300 pounds. They're two guys on the edge can get after the passer. I mean, this is not the worst team in the country anymore uh, at the FBS level. And you look at their schedule. They got, uh, you know, th- th- there's, a lot of games that that are in play now. Let's just put it, if they play like they did against New Mexico State, there's a lot of games on their schedule that they can win. So, uh, man, I'm not a huge Don Brown fan, but uh, he, he kind of petered off at Michigan there, but he's doing a really good job at UMass. Keep in mind, win total open one and a half for them. Yeah, I think, I, mean, I, I think safe to say they'll be all right with that one. Um, yeah, I agree. With, I mean, you, I mean, we've watched UMass over the last, you know, five, ten, it's like, they're, they're, you know, their wide receiver one's always like a five, six white guy. Like they have no team speed, any of that stuff. Um, and now it really crushed it in the point. I mean, some of the guys that they've, you know, taken there might not be the most refined players or guys that, yeah. that couldn't break in, uh, you know, elsewhere, but look like a totally different team from an athleticism perspective. Um, and that Don Brown defense, well, he got cooked a few times versus Ohio State. I think against some of these, you know, secondary all he plays super aggressive blitzing style man defense i think that rattles a lot of opponents especially teams without 
refined passing games or struggles on the O-line. Like, I just think it, it works well against a lot of, like, the middle to lower tier teams in college football. Um, and and that, that has an advantage. And you saw in New Mexico, I mean, forced a lot of turnover. Now, again, they gave up a few explosive plays, but they forced a number of turnovers. Um, and that kind of was the uh, the difference there of, of turning over Pavia a few times. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, hey, they, they might be one of the most improved teams in the country. I know there was some uh, – the number against Auburn's come down. I would agree with that. It, it, to me, yeah. like, did they look like the most, you know, coherent, functional offense? No. But bottom line is they got way better playmakers. Um, and finally, you know, a quarterback that could do something for the first time in a long time. So, I I, I, I agree. They are, uh, if not, the one. Of the, we'll see after this weekend. But I, I can't imagine they're not one of the most improved teams in the country. Yeah, speaking of this weekend, uh, you know, in the chat, Greg in the chat, UMass plus 38 and a half at Auburn. Uh, Steve in the chat, UMass plus 39. Yeah, I mean, I had bet them before the New Mexico State game against Auburn. Uh, I think that's the right side, and we've seen the line movement here. Uh, just natural progression. We got one data point, very positive for UMass. You knew that line would come down. Uh, you know, we're sitting here at 36 and a half. Uh, I don't think it's going back out of 38. I'll put it that way. In fact, I wouldn't be a bit yeah, surprised if it closes 35, to be honest with you. That's look with the new clock rules, and we can get to that. What yeah. in fact, I'll ask you that. I don't want to be laying a big number here because I this might impact a little bit more than what we thought. Too small of a sample size to start. I, I want to put and there was extenuating circumstances. I, I'll tell you, there there was I don't I'm not sure that those were great data points, those games. <laughs> as far as what we just saw, but let, let me get into that, Kanish. Are you rethinking anything now we're heading to week one, particularly like an Auburn team laying a big, huge number? If we are going to have, a, you know, a, a possession or two less, you know, significant number of plays less, what, what's your thoughts on it? I know you're tweeting about it. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't – this is just – I don't want to go into this, you know, like get off my lawn rant about college football, but I, I don't – like – you just keep making these changes, which none of them seem to improve, like, the actual fan experience or the gameplay or any of that. I agree with Mickey and New Clock Rules. I don't – I agree. Like, I just don't – I don't, I don't want to see less plays in a, game, a college football game. It's kind of a unique thing. But in terms of how it affects the betting, I agree where – and now you said, now week zero there was a, um, a kind of a weighted amount of teams that have, like, a rush-based offense or, like, the yeah. FIUs, the Navies, the UMass – Teams that just want to run, 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 so it gets more of an effect. I don't think it'll have overall that type of, uh, you know, overall effect. But in games, as you're saying here, where UMass against Auburn, they're probably going to try and go real slow, hand it off a bunch of times. Pumachan's going to run a bunch. And it's, I agree, like, it, if it, all you got to do, it was like, the year for Navy and Army to actually go bet, like run the old triple option, but it was it was the worst year ever to go tempo and change the offense. Yeah. They should go back to the old style and and want to do like a four possession game. So, but yeah, I think it's going to affect specifically when you've got like teams head to head that both kind of want to run the ball. You know, we'll see some like Big Ten, Iowa versus Illinois, or that type of game where both teams want to go real slow and line up. I, I think it's going to have definitely. Uh, maybe more of an effect than, than we were even waiting going into the season. Guys that are watching right now, make sure you're smashing that like button and also make sure that you're hitting subscribe. I was told that out of our viewership last week, 78% of the viewers are not subscribers. Make sure you're subscribing folks. If you're watching live on YouTube or if you're watching after the fact, uh, a few others, Let, let's keep it in conference USA <laughs> in the chat. Uh, how do you like that uh, New Mexico State Conference uh, 
future now, Kanish. <laughs> so here's what I'll say. I I am not as down on now. Are we are we going to say I'm feeling great about it? Uh, I will say I'm not as uh, I still like. Listen, if you gave me a you know a forty to one, a fifty to one, I'd still. But I'm still down on Griffin Tuesday. I kind of I'm okay with what you met or New Mexico State did on defense. Pavia, eh, a little bit of a walking turnover. They mixed in some Eli Stowers. I'm not totally out on New Mexico State after after game one. It was a close game going into the fourth quarter. Right. Obviously uh, lost the turnover battle, pick six and all that. So, um, listen, am I going to tell you that uh, I would I have, you know, a loss to UMass was how we wanted to cook that up. But, hey, listen, baby, we'll, 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 I, I believe in Jerry Kill to get it together. Yeah, I didn't downgrade them that much uh, from that one. Uh, and a lot can happen in first-game situations. James in the chat, 78%, same as Blue Horseshoe trends on Week 0 honors. <laughs> yeah, for I mean, it was trending really good for him. Uh, I, and then I tweeted out, hey, he's going to go 10-0, and then promptly we saw three games fly over the total. Uh, that might have been done on purpose by me, but uh, I uh, <laughs> we'll see. His big one, and we'll get to this game later on, his big trend uh, you know, this week is uh, – Cal and Stanford are sad because the Pac-12 has gone away. So he likes North That's Texas. Gr- uh, I got that text I, a we, month need ago. A, we need a na- hashtag narrative segment on this. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't include like the Maui thing in my in my Hawaii write up, and I'm regretting it all. I'm, I'm having FOMO that I didn't include that narrative as part of the the, the future game out about how the, the team's rallying for uh, Lanai, Lanai or whatever. But uh, I agree. We yeah. I mean, Fez, uh, the Blue Horseshoe loves himself a good uh, good narrative. He does. Uh, speaking of narratives, what would you think of uh, Dana Dimmel's uh, short yardage play calling against Jacksonville State? That was our other loser. We had the over, got in front of another mover. Kanish is very tuned in. Uh, there was multiple people going over. We saw the tempo of all the teams that played on Saturday. Jacksonville State was the one team played with tempo, just inefficiency. And, man, I, I'll tell you, the first play call on the short yardage, I, they, they ran that play in the bowl game against Fresno State a couple years ago and scored a touchdown. I thought there, there was holding on the play that they didn't call. That one didn't bother me, but my goodness, a chance to tie the game. You got your short yardage as a program. You want to lean on that offensive line. That's your strength in the ground game, and they throw it twice. They don't even attempt a field goal to force overtime. What the hell was that? The third, the fourth, and one. Like I was again, not much surprised me that much anymore after we in this in this game. The fourth and one, like I almost gasped when he when he when he didn't hand it off and he dropped back. The whole drive, the whole it was like a hundred and thirty degree reef real feel on Jacksonville State. All they could talk about was how baked both teams. They were running the ball down their throat on that last drive, yep. and they throw it twice. And I'm thinking like we're in field goal range. Maybe we can suck out like an OT, you know, week zero here, 17-17. We'll go to OT, see if both teams can score TD. Maybe we can feel unbelievable, unbelievable. I know one of my guys also bet UTEP pregame and second half and was like in orbit. So yeah, I, I don't. I, I mean, if anything, I, I'm I'm downgrading Jacksonville State after that performance because I thought their offense was brutal and it was just mistake after mistake for UTEP. Um, Dimmel is like you're you're just like throwback like head of just I'm gonna be conservative, I'm gonna make the wrong call. He reminds me of like a, the 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 Cusa Brady Hoke of just like 
we still we want to run this up and we're going to throw it at the worst time. Uh, I know. I don't get it. Stay conservative. I don't know what you do. Like, I don't, and they actually have, like, I mean, I, I like their talent kind of on the roster more the, um, than, than, you know, like more than most you did uh, in the conference. But just a horrific decision making there. I can't believe they lost that game. Um, and from a kind and this isn't like the, the New Mexico's. I mean, that was a conference loss. Which they need yeah. to know that was a team that obviously I've got some UTEP futures that uh, a game they they could not afford to give away. So that was a rough one. That was, that was an all around rough one. Rough on the total. Rough on the side. Rough on the future. Um, rough on Dana Dimmel's uh, career. So uh, brutal giveaway there. Rough on the season win totals. Yeah, I mean for a swing, huge swing game for week zero. Uh, yeah, that was unfortunate. Uh, another unfortunate thing on Saturday night. <laughs> FIU's passing attack four yards i mean another i i would argue five of the seven games were very misleading this one should have been a total dominating louisiana yeah. tech win they did control matters they scored the last 19 points to get the win they deserved to win i didn't think that was going to be the case but i mean fiu was very one-dimensional and they not umass fiu folks right now the worst team in the country i i totally i mean there's some three and a, a couple books posted three and a half. Uh, their season win total out there reposted. I went under. I played some under on the three and a half. Uh, I went, you know, went through the schedule. I'm not seeing four wins after that. And I know they were, no. you know, if you, if you just watch the, like they were on the cusp of a, but Louisiana Tech was doing everything to give that game away. Turnovers, three missed field goals. And I agree. I mean, FIU, like they could not execute a passing play at all. And I don't, I, again, we talked, you know, we talked about a little bit with uh, the Jalen Milrow and the Alabama where like, and these teams that you, you just can't run this base RPO rush based offense anymore. Too many teams know how to defend it. Like you're just not going to be able to successfully execute on offense when, when all you can do is like an RPO run based uh, scheme. So it was rough. I mean, it, yeah, I, I would go under there. Yeah. I would I, under I, there. Yeah. I, I've under three and a half. I don't see four wins. I went through the schedule. I don't see. I mean, yeah, I, I would agree with you. Worst performance by a mile. And we, I mean, I, I will get, Let's I mean, we didn't that, give it that's out. That's a fan duel. That's the most, that's the biggest book. Let's put that in. Put it in, baby. I'll take, I bet some yesterday uh, at a different, but I agree with you that. Put it in as an official. Um, we didn't, I mean, I, and I'll give you, I mean, this is where we always complain about the bad beats. I, I had some FIU at, at a bad number to the close. Um, and that was one of those where you're, you know, you're sitting yep, there uh, and that we are like, oh my God, after looking at the box, I think it was 400 some yards to 180 total. So yeah, yep. um, brutal performance. If you laid La Tech uh, at any good number, you're, uh, that's, that's about it. Kind of on the same level as our Ohio one there is in terms of a bad beat. Yeah. The college kickers, couple missed field goals there. <laughs> I mean, the, who, who would have thought week zero, we got missed field goals left and right. Uh, in the college game. Uh, one more game, and then we'll be nothing but week one from this point forward to recap from last week. I, I can't believe I'm waiting, to, saving maybe the best for last, but USC, San Jose State, uh, I same old, same old for me, USC. <laughs> all offense, no defense. I mean, San Jose State wasn't particularly a very good ru running team last year. They went up and down the field. Chevin Cordero looked like the best player in the Mountain West. I mean, if you watched I him agree. play. Uh, and they didn't, got team their speed wide receiver defense. one Lockhart didn't play. Yeah, he didn't play. The Nash kid that converted uh, used to play quarterback 
converted. He looked very good. Yeah. Both running backs for San Jose State looked good. Their offensive line looked good, handled USC's supposed much improved defensive front. I mean, SC's got some guys on the defensive edge, but I don't see a lot of big guys in the middle that can handle uh, at the point of attack. I don't like their secondary. Uh, I don't like their game plan on the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, a ton of weapons on offense at the skill position. I mean, they got you know, Zachariah Branch. I mean, was oh, probably my. maybe the breakout player of the weekend. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, I still think they're better than last year, but they're. I, I'll tell you. I mean, they get matched up against the Georgia or Michigan in the playoff. Uh, you know who I'm taking. I'm not taking the, the, the. I'm not fighting on. I'll put it that way. Yeah, that. I mean, that was. I thought you know they get Barry Alexander. They really loaded up on guys in the trenches, and they're they're still getting pushed around at by San Jose State on some of the yeah, especially were. a lot of broken plays that that they I I don't know what Alex Grinch has on Riley. I know they're probably it's one of those like, classic scenarios that coaches sometimes have too much loyalty to their their boys, their good friends. You've seen it a few times. It is another scenario where Riley really should have went out in the offseason and got himself a different DC because I agree with you. There there is it shouldn't be this bad. It, 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 again, we're like there's two much to, it's not the greatest talent either, but there's too much talent on this defense to to look like that and I, it's going to cost them when you got the the you know a generational QB there uh it's I think it's going to cost them a shot at at a national title uh, I mean they've got every everything on offense you could want to to you know contend with anybody but if the defense is going to be below average still um I don't I don't know how you get that. I don't even know if they can get through the Pac-12 with that so yeah, yeah that was that was tough to see from uh you you, you got to hope that USC has some uh has a little bit more in the bag there um in terms of in terms of what they can do cuz it was it was ugly. Yeah, it's a little things. On that first scoring driver San Jose State Cordero picks up a first down easily on third and 22. He just runs and just total bust. Speaking of bust, they let San Jose State with seconds before halftime get a touchdown, another broken coverage. The wide receiver gets behind you when you can't happen on a 30-some yard pass. I Just little things that you would think would be corrected. I know it's just week zero. Circle I thought was inter- interesting. They post reposted the Nevada game on Sunday morning, 40. I took Nevada. I'd already bet Nevada. I was like, I don't know how you can watch that USC game and upgrade USC from that one. Uh, I went ahead and bet Nevada there. I would, that, that was surprising to me. Did you? I won't, I'll just use this as a blanket statement. Was there anything that you bet on Sunday morning that was reposted uh, as far as the week one slate? No, I mean, the the only thing was uh, grabbing some UMass. Honestly, and that was one that was, you know, we talked about was up uh, grabbing some UMass. Uh, I think there was a plus 39 and a half, plus 40 still. If you, I know someone in the chat said 38 and a half. Yeah, I, I like it to 38 still. Um, that was one I agree with you. And some of the the tempo things as well we're, we're kind of game in terms of uh games to keep an eye on um in terms of teams when i know it's going to be too you know high rush splits high rush based attacked um but that but i i, I tend to agree with you that we're like i mean what's what's nevada need 14 points to cover that number in terms of like are, are we going to see a usc defense hold a team to, to seven or ten um especially if you know when it gets to be i'll tell you another thing that that i noticed there was the lack of and this is very uh you saw it with Michigan and Ohio State last year with McCarthy and Stroud and I think you're going to see it this year with Caleb Williams only going to run in high leverage games he did not run a lot in that one I don't no. think he's going to be he's too valuable and so I think you're not going to see too much of the the Caleb Williams uh you know scrambling or design runs or any of that um 
just because it's it's not worth it's not worth the cost for you isn't that so I think that'll be a a little bit of something to to monitor in teams of uh you know how that maybe they bring them out a little bit earlier in that um so so that'll be interesting to to see there but uh yeah I tend to tend to agree with you on that one that uh, I'm surprised it, it opened back forty. Looks like I mean am I reading this right? We just got money donated to us as we're doing this. Cap wise, that's Ben Carey uh, just donated four ninety nine to Zach. Shout Cup out of Tim Horton for producer Zach. He deserved it, baby, especially with that great edit. Yeah, we he had us looking good, baby. I tell you, neither of us are that good looking in real life, and he really had a he had the edit looking fire. Who is good looking in real life is Zach. I got to meet him uh, face to face. The I he I I was here. And I I got told I can't mention his uh, his his his. His love life anymore on the on the official show. So uh, yeah, yeah no I, 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 I didn't see anything. I wasn't there long enough post show Friday night. I had some drinks with some other people, uh, but uh, I heard a little kuma, you know, a little uh, you know, uh, a bury bury the hatchet there. Uh, I'm glad I was glad to see it. that. Yeah, I was. I shout out to Colin Wilson. He came up to me. I gotta tell you, he came up. I'm going. I'm entering the uh, conference room where we're gonna broadcast the the hit the books live show. And he's like making a beeline towards me. I'm like, what is going on here? Is he going to punch me or something? <laughs> I'm like, I'm getting into a, a you know a fight stance maybe. I'm like holding this big hit the books banner. I'm like, I don't know. I might have to use this as a weapon. Uh, but no, kudos to him, Colin Wilson, bearing the hatchet there. Uh, we, we have our go-arounds. His Tennessee power rating is still wrong, though. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, uh, that was nice to do that. It doesn't have, you know how it is, Kanish. We're all different on Twitter than what we are in real life. 100%. Face-to-face. To, face to face. I actually liked it. It was like an old-school conversation. Shout-out to him on that. Shout-out to Ben Carey and the 499. Hopefully, Zach gets all that and not the pizza man because Zach deserves Agreed. it. Agreed. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, pizza man gets none of that. Uh, that should be all yours, Zach. Uh, let's talk. Uh, before I start talking more week one games, I got to hit this. That is, the, speaking of Circa, which we broadcasted the show on Friday – we still have the Circa Million and Circa Survivor Contest sign-ups. Make sure you guys are signing up before the deadline. That is September 9th at 2 p.m. Eastern. $14 million in guaranteed prizes. There is no rake. So if the entries do go above the guarantee, all that extra money is going to the prize pool. You must register in person at a Circa Sportsbook in the state of Nevada, Las Vegas, Henderson, Sparks, Reno. Weekly picks can be made through a proxy that you'll have to register with. Uh, from anywhere, circa million five, six million bucks, one thousand dollars per entry, maximum five entries per person. You pick five teams against the spread each week. Winner takes home one million dollars. There's quarterly and season long prizes. Booby prize for the worst hundred grand. Circuit survivor that is eight million dollars in guaranteed to the winner. A thousand dollars per entry. Maximum entries is ten. Pick one team straight up every week to win. If the team loses or ties, the entry is eliminated. You can only pick each team once. During the season, you got to go 20 and 0 or be the last person standing last person standing to win. If a single person wins, they get the entire eight million dollar pot. If the multiple people go 20 and 0 or they get eliminated the same week, they'll split the pot. Thanksgiving and Black Friday combined for a week, Christmas Day, its own week. That is the Circa Million Five Circus Survivor Contest. Still huge overlays in both those contests at the moment. I don't know if yeah, everyone's you know, last minute, man. Uh, yeah, we'll, yeah. I, but this would be you're... the big weekend here. And then next, all the next week's big because we still have no NFL. The NFL machine will get going here in the next week. Uh, let's go to week one here. And keep in mind, guys, 
we do have a Friday show, so we're going to be talking a lot of week one, even on Friday. We will. This won't be the last time we talk to you uh, until Saturday's games. But I'd like to focus, since that is the case, let's focus on Thursday's game. And, and there's been some injury news. Uh, and obviously, Florida, Utah. Uh, Cam Rising, last time you and I talked, likely out. Friday, it's reported that he's probable. Where the line's four, four and a half. It goes up to seven. We've seen a little bit of buyback, uh, you know, on Florida, even at seven, down to six and a half. We gave it out, and I still love our position here. This was Kanish, plus eight and a half a couple weeks ago. Uh, what's your thought process there? I, I think the under's a sharp play because they're not running Cam Rising. And even though I don't like this Florida team, I just think with a banged-up Cam Rising and hasn't practiced much of the summer and fall camp, I still think they're the right side if you can still get a seven. What say you? I still don't think he's playing. I, I'm not going I'm, I'm to right. I, listen. I, I, I'll, I'll put it out there. Listen, you can have, people can have egg on my face, and we can, uh, you know, people can uh, troll me for, on Friday's show if he does. I still don't think he's going to play. I think it was a big thing about, you know, he gets listed as QB1 on the depth chart. Utah right. Whittingham has a long history of – you know, playing playing the game. They're not doing that. Whatever the Big Ten's doing about, you know, injuries, trying to standardize it. Uh, Pac-12 not doing Pac-12 not even going to be around in the next year. So they're, they're not doing any of that stuff. So I think it's all it's all for show. Uh, some in, info, again, eh, this can be wrong. It's never 100% guarantee. Um, but I don't think he's going to play. I think it'll be, you know, one of those things where, you know, he goes through warm-ups and all that, and then maybe, uh, you know, right before the game it gets broken or something like that. But I still don't think he's going to play. I don't know if their tight end is going to play either. Um, and, yeah, either, I, yeah, there was some uh, – anything at – if there's, I know most of it's been been bought up by now, but our, you know, we always said seven or better on Florida was was the buy. Um, and that's still – I think it'll – I think this is – if it gets announced beforehand, I think it'll go back down. Wait, uh, wait in the chat. Whittingham talking earlier today, yesterday. I haven't gotten to that yet. He, like he's about to start his third string quarterback. He, he very, he's been, all of this stuff has been very, yeah. you know, like, well, even Cam Rising talking about, well, if I can't play, you know, the other guys know. So, um, yeah, I, I just, I still don't think he's going to be able to go. But, hey, we'll see. Uh, hey, I've been wrong before. Speaking of injury news on a weekday game, we've seen a lot of back and forth on Miami, the Battle of the Miamis. Miami, Ohio, Miami, Florida. We got Tyler Van Dyke banged up. Uh, you know, he's 50-50 at best is a report. We see money come in on Miami, Ohio. Then it gets reported that, yeah, he's probably going to play. A little bit of buyback on Miami, Florida. Did you take part in anything here? I had a pizza bet on Miami, Ohio when, when it was first ruled that he was going to be 50-50. Uh, under, I think, is probably the, 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 the correct side here. Did you do anything with this Miami, Ohio game on Friday? Uh, you know what? I, I went on the. I saw the report early, so there was a little bit of seventeen and a half. I didn't saw the report today, so just uh, bet a little. But I was on before any of this. Uh, I, I liked Miami, um, yeah. just, uh, just a bit as a small, you know, lean in that. Um, but I, I still th- judging by what info came out today and, and what some of the people think of the uh, the the original reporting source. Um, I think he's probably all right. Um, and, and under 17 would be a small play on uh, Miami, but Miami of Florida for me. Um, but I didn't think, you know, I, I too much of it. And I know Miami of Ohio is probably going to, you know, really drain down the tempo. I'm, I'm very cautious again after, after the disaster that was Miami of Florida last year um, of them instantly turning it around. So again, they'll have way more, obviously out talenting a Mac opponent here on the road, but um, it's not something I want to invest too heavily in. 
Spammy Sosa in the chat. Speaking of a Thursday game, do you still like Kent State plus 37? My power ratings love Kent State plus 37. I know you hate Kent State this year. I downgraded him more than any team in the country. Uh, I think 37 is too much. Uh, do you want to go head to head here? I know you, you love UCF. I love US, UCF this year. You hate Kent State. Well, I'll I even, I'll, goodness of my heart, I'll give you 36. Oh, wow. Hey, I did play some Kent State uh, at numbers. This is a, this is a very uh, a power summer lines here of the numbers I played uh, UCF at. Here, here's what I'll say. There, it's just UC, and people ask me about that. Has the number gotten too high now? Yes. The issue I have is there are certain teams when they're big chalk going against, going against an overmatched opponent that I don't love to fade, just based on the fact that UCF, they're not going to slow down. They're going to be running seven-second plays the entire time. It doesn't yeah. matter if it's 49-3. to three, They're still going to be going and running and gun, trying to bury somebody in the bounce house. Is gonna be a, so it, it's more of a, I agree, the number now, bit inflated. Situationally, in terms of how UCF plays, and how bad I think Kent State could be, and just the way that Malzahn and like the program in general since Scott Frost was there is like, if they can put up seventy on you, they're going to try and do it. Uh, they love to bury these overmatched teams as as like a program mantra. So, um, but I agree, I wouldn't I wouldn't lay any thirty six and a half, thirty seven now, uh, especially with UCF. You know, as we're saying here, UCF's a team that's that's probably going to run a lot. The running clock could take a little bit of a way there, so. Uh, yeah, just numbers wise, I agree with you that that it's gotten too far away now. Yeah, the the, the BP Sports Tout service is close to giving out Kent State. I <laughs> need thirty eight, but I, you mentioned it. I can't out of the back of my mind. I can't get last year's Temple game, UCF game, out of my mind. It was a weeknight game. Everyone, the whole world's on Temple. It moves like five six points, and it's a seventy spot. UCF just keeps running, like you mentioned, Kanisha, their their offense on that one. Uh, let's hit another Thursday night game because I want to get these out of the way. Uh, Nebraska, Minnesota. We like Minnesota here. We're laying the seven. Kanish, We're uh, laying, I laid some. I, I, I got a juice six and a half today at one book that had six and a half minus 120. I bet some more. I don't know who the Nebraska people are, but hey, listen, this is one I usually, I, I'm pretty weighted now on Minnesota. Um, and I, this is, I'll pay to see it. I'll pay to see we the first game of the Matt Rule era with a coordinator that I don't like, with defensive tackles that weigh 240 pounds against uh, an O-line, a team that wants to mash. I know the total has come down quite significantly, so I think that's there's some correlation where people are saying, well, the total is 42-43 now, so I'm going to just buy over a touchdown as, as uh, you know, a little bit of a correlation. I understand that, but... I don't, I, I don't see it. I don't see it with Nebraska at all. Um, I don't think, especially early in the season, I don't think this offense is going to be able to go in there uh, and have any success. And I just think matchup-wise, you know, Nebraska, I think they'd be better off against, you know, some of the, the teams in the West that aren't built like Minnesota. Um, and I didn't, down, you know, I didn't downgrade uh, Minnesota that significantly. Uh, at the quarterback position, I know they lost a couple of linemen, but I, they've got fifth and sixth-year guys. They've kind of got it rolling now. I still think they're going to be able to kind of run what they do. Um, so, yeah, if you got a flat seven uh, or a six and a half minus 120 or uh, our, our friends at ProLine there at six and a half, you run, the, you know, run down to Timmy's if you're in Ontario, <laughs> I'm not backing off. I actually added some more today. Makes sense. Uh, 
my original position earlier this summer in Minnesota. And we see Nebraska money every damn summer come in. It's just, I, I don't know what it is. Hasn't lived up to expectations, certainly under Scott Frost. And Matt Rule, while I think it's a great hire historically, his first years have not been good. Um, and you're right, the, the offense coordinator hire, I'm not a big fan of. So that'll be an interesting one on Thursday. Final Thursday game I want to hit, NC State, Connecticut. Uh, we've seen a lot of Connecticut money. In fact, I think I saw my first 14 show up in the marketplace earlier today. Uh, man, if it crosses through, I, I got a Connecticut ticket. Whoa, big surprise there on a, on a line move. Uh, I 13 and a half, I'm laying it with NC State because I, I made it right around 15, 15 and a half. Uh, but what say you? Have you gotten involved in this game? A lot of money on the under also. This one, you know, I, I pulled, uh, you know, I, I just to bet both sides here, Connecticut early, NC State when I touched them 14. Just if okay. you have no position on it right now, I like I would lean that way. If you can get, if it goes back to flat 14 or even crosses through to a 13 and a half, uh, I think you have to bet NC State there. I'm a little bit more bullish uh, on their offense this year. And again, I know UConn was, uh, you know, rapidly improved kind of a little bit too much i think just you know even numbers i know you you are a little higher uh on this game some other numbers people i talked had this more around the original like 17 18 range so i think you'll see you already saw when it's flashed to 14 it's gotten bought up pretty quickly and i think you'll kind of see a trade in between there so it's one of those where um yeah if you can find yourself a flat 14 or crosses through by that otherwise uh i think you know to me it would be nothing at the 14 and a half 15. Cameron in the chat, what's been going on with these books being extremely slow this year, putting up uh, lines involving FCS teams? Well, they're always slow. I mean, they but they were particularly slow on Saturday. But that was FCS versus FCS. I know I got hit in the forums because, I don't know, I gave out leans uh, at noon on a few games. I don't know. I mean, it's I, I give it five dimes used to post these games and basically would create the market for the even when even yeah. after a lot where they would put up all the numbers and then everybody could feel, you know, comfortable enough that a book's have been posted. Five dimes is gone now. So now instead of having the source that everybody would use for that, you've got to create your own or you're, you're copying somebody that's not. So I, books are hesitant to do it. The the limits are obviously you know not as great. I, it just uh, it, it's just not going to be this. And you've seen it not just with FCS football. It's what a lot ton of these niche markets that Five Dimes used to post Little League World Series, auto racing matchups um, that they used to be kind of the the global originator. They're out of business. Nobody wants to take those up. So uh, yeah, it sucks. It is what it is. Yeah, FanDuel was the originator on Saturday of the FCS versus yeah, FCS. Win, News to me. Win bet. Yeah, news to me because a couple of them lines now they moved to touchdown. I did one South Carolina State uh, dead run. Didn't matter what number you got on it. They ended up moving nine points. And, you know, that was one that was way off. Uh, but, yeah, who knows? Uh, it could be different. Now, keep in mind, those are FCS versus FCS games. We'll see. Maybe it's different. Circa in the past has actually been the first to put up FBS versus FCS. Yeah, we'll I see what they, happens on Thursday do the crossovers when they get a few of those matchups, like Force, Elon, stuff like that. That might yeah. be that's a different market, so we'll see what happens there. I'm not optimistic. I'll put it no. that way. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, it ran. It was really good for a few years. I don't expect it now anymore. I can't be expecting on that to, to pay for a va vacation. Uh Fezic in the chat. Is this the real Fezic? Every I don't know. I, I hope. Give, I hope has so. Three major books. That's the line is that three is all. Three. Fully documented. Thank you. 
is that Mr. Fezzik for watching this? And I hope everyone out there is hitting the likes. We're almost to 100 likes here for the first time ever. I'll ask Fezzik, and we'll see if he chats, uh, claps back. Is that three major books that when you're sending out picks at midnight Eastern? Because I get a few of those picks uh, throughout the course of a week uh, during football season, and you expect everyone to get those. Uh, although I got to tell you, man, we can get into this game quickly. I think he's got the best of me on another fucking game, and that's North Texas Cal. That, this uh, is, yeah, this is your – Market <laughs> does not like my Cal Bears. You mentioned it weeks ago to me. You're like, hey, uh, I'm hearing not so great things about the quarterback. Uh, I dived into it. I was, at first, I was like, ah, whatever. And then I dived into it further. Yeah, I'm not hearing great things. Market disagrees with me. But I'm here to tell you, I still like Cal. I'd lay the six and a half. It's my biggest position right now, week one. I I still like Cal, and it's not only a pro-Cal, and it's pro-Cal because of this. I don't think the market has the transfer portal figured out. You would think Cal's not a program that would bring in a ton of transfers. High academics, (laughs) Stanford can't bring in transfers. Cal somehow has 20-plus transfers. Uh, I think they're not getting priced accordingly. Massachusetts had 20-plus transfers. They weren't priced accordingly. And North Texas just – I like their head coaching higher. I'm just not sure that it's there for game one. The wor- worry that I have, it's supposed to be really hot. Uh, maybe Cal, you know, slows down, wears down. They're, they're bigger athletes, you know, in the trenches, aren't, aren't in shape. I don't know. I I like I like Cal in the game. What What's it – you break the tie, Kanish. I would – you know what? I was – I tend to lean that way uh, as well. And it's more of a North Texas fade. I'm not – I, as bullish on, on Cal as you, but I, I, I agree. I think North Texas is in for uh, kind of a significant downgrade. I think Cal's defense can still – the uh, favorite play, and it got steamed to hell earlier today, What was on the under there. Um, I like. Yeah. I mean, there was some, you know, like mid-high 50s. A lot of it now 54 and a half. Um, that's one I don't want to give it now that it's gotten absolutely blasted today, but I liked that. Gun to my head, I would still lean, uh, lean Cal now that it's back under a TD. Um but I know the the horseshoes calling for corn calling for uh, the mean green outright. So uh, yeah, we'll 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 ha- <laughs> we'll have to see there. Um, yeah, I'm I'm skeptical of the Cal offense as well. But I, there's I think one unit you can really trust, especially with everything North Texas lost, and that's it's probably it's Cal's defense. Um, and so that would be the the side I lean now that it's back under a TD. Um, but not not something that I'm I'm dying to to jump on either way here. Brick Fields in the chat. Bud Elliott said North Texas outright. Is that what that is? Interesting. I do respect Bud quite a bit. Well, maybe I'm just I on an island do. here. Even though he, he's, I was a, this, he said Navy's still going to make a bowl game on it. I listened to the recap show. Navy, I don't think Navy's making a bowl game, my friend. Tell Bud if he's listening. We, if we want to cross on some Navy making a bowl game this year, I'm willing to because uh, I'm not <laughs> seeing that at all. Uh, Fezzik back in the chat. Circa 411 bet online are open at 11 p.m. Fez, it's not about me, Grandpa Brad. It's about your customers, man. You're a tout service. You got to, you got to worry. Is your, is your normal guy back east in New Jersey? You are a national service, aren't you, Fez? Is he going to be you know, so. laying at wait for your text to come in at midnight on one of your plays? That's all. We'll, we'll continue this online, Fez. It's not, uh, <laughs> it's not, <laughs> uh, good luck though this weekend. Uh, yeah, friends of the show uh, did hit that under in that Cal North Texas game. Uh, had, had some other plays. A lot, a lot of totals hit the board uh, today uh, from from sharp services. Anxious to see how those do. 
I am charting them because obviously lines have been up for three plus months. I want to see how they, those do uh, they, with those movements. Uh, let's get to a few more and then we'll close it up. Is there any games that you're really looking at? I know we you hit know, all the Thursday games. I'll you and I are talking Friday before those games kick off. What are you looking at? Is there any best bet here? Uh, and we do still, guys, we still have, I believe, six more that are available right now. Illinois for me, and then obviously uh, Kanish is on a bunch of stuff that's already moved. Uh, anything that's standing out to you right now? Jason in the chat asked about Texas Tech, Wyoming. That is one of the games that I actually played uh, played under today. Um, okay. I think in terms of what we saw from week zero and the rule champ, I think Wyoming is like the classic case of a team where the total probably isn't adjusted low enough based on how they're, they're going to play extremely slow. They're going to line up and want to run the ball. I like Texas Tech's defense a lot. And I know, uh, you know, Texas Tech is more kind of on the, the other, you know, the side of the coin there where they're probably going to want to going to go a little bit faster in that. But Wyoming's one of those teams where, and I think, you know, at at, at Wyoming there too, um, you know, the elevation they're going to want. I think their defense is, is obviously the strong suit of that one. That's one I, I played some under today uh, at basically what's out there there currently. Um, some 52 and a half, some 53. There's plenty of 52 and a half out there. Kind of one I'd be okay to 51 and a half. Um, I think it's one that you'll see a little bit more of an impact uh, on that game based on how Wyoming plays um, on the total and the slow. And especially if they can run the ball a little bit on Texas Tech, they're, they're going to try and do these, you know, 10, 12, 13, 14 play drives that take up 10 minutes um, and go massive and just play that Craig Bowl type of style. So um, that's one that I was looking at today. And I believe there was a service out there that uh, tried to set that one up a bit um, to, to, to go to, cause they wanted to play it a certain way. I'll give you that. So yeah. that's one that um, I, I like anything to, to 51 and a half or better on that under. We going official there. Cause we got uh yeah, I'm, if you if you agree, uh, then hey, yeah, I'm, I don't. I'm, you know, I, I kind of like Texas Tech in the game. Uh, it's one of many bets for me. I just lean that because I just think there's a big talent separation. I think te- I I think Texas Tech's defense severely underrated, um, especially up front. They got two dudes. I know they just lost a guy that went fourth in the draft. I'm telling you, they got two more dudes on the edge. Yeah. I think they're conservative on offense uh, because they got Oregon on deck. I don't like Wyoming's prospects at all. Uh, I, I just they're down a couple guys at running back. I don't like their passing threat at all. I don't know how they score. So uh, I, I could see – I think this has like 31-14 written, something like that all over it kind of. Uh, so that, that's where I'm at on that one. Uh, we got the news. blue horseshoe blessing. Oh, well, is, is this a consensus oh. uh, a th- you know, three-way lock here? Yeah, we'll go. Look at that blue horseshoe. Love it. 52. All right. Yeah. I, I listen. I like, I was one of the games I was looking at in terms of like going through all of them after what we saw Saturday, who's going to have, what, which team is going to have this, have the biggest effect on. And Wyoming was one uh, that, that flashed to me uh, where it might not be a, as baked in as, as what we could have thought uh, based on just how they play. Plenty of 52 and a half out there, even at FanDuel too. So make sure you're shopping. Breaking news. We did for the first time ever hit a hundred likes. We like to see that. I mean, to say the least, that that's good. Uh, any other things that we got? Keep in mind, guys, we're, we're we're hitting at you on Friday. We already have a bunch of best bets. We would give you typically a lot more best bets on the show, but again, that these have been up for you know three four months. Best bets will come from me starting Monday next Monday at nine a.m. Eastern. We're going to give out. Uh, it's going to be called our release show. We will start that next Monday, but 
Uh, unless you've got anything else, uh, we'll wrap up today's show and, and talk to everyone on Friday, Kanish. Yeah, no, I uh, and I know what Friday I'll teach. Well, I'll get into a little bit of a like um, first half and team total stuff on Friday. That because like all this week one stuff has been out for a while, so we won't have we can't you know not too much new there if you've been watching the show. But we'll do a little bit of a more uh, you know like the alternate stuff that we usually don't get into um, uh, for Friday show uh, to you know to give out some more stuff. I got what. Well, I might have a bet on the the Michigan game, uh, but uh, we'll save that save that one. You and I time. already cross firing on that one. We're, we cross firing on that one, but I got something. Uh, yeah, I got a little. I got a little something else in the pocket for that game uh, that we'll save for Friday show. I will say this uh, before we pay some bills. Looks like we got a star-studded uh, viewership today because. Yeah, uh, good. everybody's said the Wyoming <laughs> yeah. under is going a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I was going to say we uh, we got some. Uh, there's some. Uh, some moles in the chat here listening yeah. to the show. <laughs> so the steam is heading. Uh, Mickey Hill real quick in the chat. 9 a.m. for my release show. Me and Kanish are always going to be 5 p.m. on Monday uh, on that one. That's just going to be me. I'll, you know, good, bad, or indifferent. We're going to try to get in front of the market, and that one will be all on me uh, on that one at 9 a.m. But Kanish is the star of this show. And speaking of this show, I want to thank each and every one of you that hit that like button. Uh, for all of our show updates, make sure you're following at Hit, Hit the Books HQ and at the Hammer HQ on Twitter. Make sure you're subscribed to the Hit the Books YouTube channel so you get notified in real time whenever a new episode drops or we go live. If you enjoy the content, please smash the like button. If you're listening in audio form, please rate and review five stars. For the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Joey Kanish. For producer extraordinaire, Zach Phillips. For everyone in the chat, I'm Brad Powers. You just watched Hit the Books. <laughs>